Hello and welcome to the Stuck in the Mud podcast. My name's John Proctor and I am here recording Season 7, Episode 6. Episode 6 of Season 7. Today, this post is called Dealing with Schools Work Failure. If you haven't been listening to Season 7, you may have missed the fact that Season 7 of my podcast is... Uh, is about schools work. Now, that might sound a little bit weird depending on where you've jumped into my podcast in the past because often this podcast is a number of different things. Sometimes I'm writing, um, uh, sometimes I'm talking about um, uh, personal development principles. Sometimes I'm talking about discipleship. At one point, I was recording an audio book. All of these different things that I do with this podcast are things I really enjoy. And as someone who really only does this podcast because I enjoy recording it and enjoy getting it out there, um, I'm not entirely certain whether I'm always doing the right thing with it. But if you enjoy it, if you're if you like my podcast, that really makes me happy. And at this point, uh, I don't think I've said this for about six episodes, but I would love it if you like this podcast. Do tell me, do rate it on your podcasting apps, do subscribe to it. That's something that really uh, is helpful to me. It helps me understand whether people like what I'm doing. Now, this is the last episode of this particular season and I'm actually going to be coming back to schools work principles at a later date but for now this is episode six and six episodes is a good place to stop uh, because there's some other things that I want to be talking about in the coming weeks particularly about my upcoming book Hikaru Name Above All Names. Now Hikaru Name Above All Names is something that um, I've been working on for nearly six years. It's a novel It's also part of my school's work world, uh, and it's also an explanation of the gospel. And and those three things, the book, the school's work part, and the explanation of the gospel, they're all really important to me. And every day, pretty much, for the last six years, there has been something that I've done to make Hikaru come into being, something that I'm really passionate about as a writer, something I'm really passionate about as a youth worker, and something I'm really passionate about as a follower of Jesus that is central to my life. And so as I start talking about Hikaru name above all names, I really hope it's something that maybe you would feel that you could get on board with. There's going to be a crowdfunding campaign, for example, um, uh, coming up which you can get on board with. Uh, Of course, you might be listening to this at a much later date, and then in which case the crowdfunding campaign may have gone. But if you're listening to this in 2023, um, in August or early September, there's still time, and there's going to be a link in the description that I'll put uh, on social media and hopefully on this where you can find out more about what Hikaru is. A little bit of a spoiler, but season eight is going to be some excerpts, some uh, audio from my book, Hikaru, Name Above All Names. That is what's going to be coming next with some fantastic um, uh, scored music. 
which we've been putting together for Hikaru. Um, and, and I'm just really just, oh my goodness, I'm so ready for this book to come out and for you to hear it, for you to read it, for you to see the artwork and for you to get a really good sense of it. Essentially, Hikaru is an adventure novel. It's a, an allegory of the Christian faith for those of you who, who care about that. In the same ilk, if you like, as the same kind of uh, tradition of things like The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, um, where we're talking very much in a, about a fantasy adventure story uh, that follows the uh, storyline of the Christian faith. So there you go. I'm going to come back to that at a later date. But if that encourages you, if that excites you, then do stick around because I'm going to be talking about it a whole lot more. So for now, we're going to be talking very much about ending this little series that I've been doing, season seven. This is episode six, where I'm going to read you a post that I wrote for the Premier Next Gen website, which is titled Dealing with Schools Work Failure. Now, I just should say that I wrote this um, post uh, for the Premier Next Gen website, and if you're interested in finding out more about that website, you can check out the link in the description. Can I just say to you though, that it is a great website. I'm so proud to write for them. Uh, I don't know if, uh, whether I'll write for them forever. Well, it'll be very much how much they wanna keep me around because I love writing for them. I really like the editor um, and uh, and I feel that we get on really well. So this is a, a website I, I recommend to you. I use myself. Um, and it's particularly good for me as a youth worker because it has lots of resources that I can use. But it's also great for me as a Christian parent because uh, there's lots of really good uh, articles, really good um, sort of up to date uh, kind of encouragements on there. And the website just speaks really well into the world. So that's premiernextgen.com. And if that's an interest to you, uh, then please do check it out. But for now, Here's my post, Dealing with Schools Work Failure. In this series of Schools Work articles, I've spoken about principles for success and different types of engagement. So far, I've covered assemblies, conferences, chaplaincy and mentoring. There are more I plan, more things I plan to write about, but this month I want to take a pit stop to discuss how to respond when things go wrong. Let me kick off with the most obvious example. If you make a mistake or are perceived to have made a mistake, you can only explain and apologize. Hopefully a good relationship and an excellent track record will help in this regard. I'm so aware that most missional schools work is voluntary. And if something goes wrong, schools have little obligation to keep us around. Take, for example, a camping weekend that I ran many years ago with many young people who were more connected to me in school than the local church. On this particular camp, I had my wife along as a leader with the rest of my team, and we had our three-year-old daughter in tow. During the weekend, I played the part of camp leader, as youth leader, as team leader, and as husband and dad. 
this kind of situation can cause tension. And as I've got older and more experienced, I tend to keep a little bit more separation between those roles. But in the early days, I just threw everyone in the same pot and gave it a stir. Unfortunately, when we returned to the school on the Monday morning after that camp, I was called into the deputy head's office and was given the grilling of my life. It started, he started by asking me about the safeguarding for our camp, who led it and what the context was. As the questions developed, I began to sense a more and more hostile attitude from him and asked him what had happened. Apparently, a concerned parent had called him with a story their child had told them about me being called daddy on the weekend. The phone call had set off alarm bells in the school leadership and they'd uh, launched a safeguarding inquiry. When he told me what the parents said, I slightly sniggered nervously, prompting him to remind me how serious it all sounded. This was how the conversation ended. I'm so sorry, there's been a misunderstanding here. My young daughter was with me all weekend on the camp. My goodness, he replied, beginning to smile to himself. I have all the registers and the staff list. I can show you clearly in the paperwork that my wife was with me on the camp. You can also talk to the chair of the trust if you want more information. We've got nothing to hide. Now that won't be necessary, John, he replied. I'm so sorry to waste your time. And with that, he stood up, held his hand out for me to shake and sent me on my way. That actually felt like quite a close shave in terms of my reputation. And it made me consider my role more deeply in future. Some of my other school's work failures were less potentially career-ending, but embarrassing nonetheless. My failures have included, so number one, forgetting to land the point in an assembly, making my presentation less about Jesus and more like a bad stand-up routine. Two, mishandling classroom behaviour so badly that I had to leave midway through the lesson without any students noticing. And three, going to teach an RE lesson as a visitor um, the morning after our first child was born. Spending an hour talking about the beauty of childbirth when I was supposed to be talking about the problem of evil. Four, turning up to a school that values DBS forms highly with a visiting speaker who didn't have a DBS. And five, inviting a rap group to a school for a lunchtime concert which ended in 800 students dancing on tables while the group performed. While they led the party, I stood at the back with the head teacher. And you can imagine how that conversation went. I could go on, but the point here is to encourage you to worry less about failure. Instead, I'd like to encourage you to find new ways to fail. Now, I often tell people I train that if you stick your neck out, you're far more likely to get your head knocked off. Of course, the saying stick your neck out means to take risks. But it's important to understand that the risk taker is someone in the most fragile position doing their best to succeed. They'll take knocks in confidence and they'll be told they're wrong a lot. But if I can offer any wisdom here, you should find ways to stretch your working practice despite the risks. That's not to say that I'm advocating for risky or wrong behaviour though. What I mean is that you could easily 
uh, lead a safe inside the lines ministry life. But I highly value testing and trying new approaches, even if they don't work. In some ways, this might be more about being brave, but I want to encourage you that failure is a key component to success. Take, for example, a reflective resource that I call the Justice Game. When my team and I first invented this game, we played it for quite some time and debated its appearance. Two of my team members came up with this fantastic idea that we could create transparent cups filled with representations of justice issues. They had an idea that we could fill the cups with soap, which we melted and then let set in the cup, encasing different objects to great effect. It made for an excellent visual. Uh, it was tactile, it was engaging, and it was a very good discussion starter. Well, that's to say it was wonderful until we used it on a hot day. On that day, young people got pretty sticky and our resource completely fell apart. Undeterred, though, we set about making a new version of the game. We took the idea of the cup and designed mugs with justice issues on instead. This version of the justice game has lasted for three or so years, but now the mugs are breaking and it's too expensive to replace them. So I'm going to work on the next iteration until it's right. Ironing out what's not working isn't always easy, and it can take a long time to get something right. But I'd like to encourage you that whatever your particular failure is, success is probably only another moment of bravery away. Finally, let me encourage you that God seems to love a humble failure too. So if you're not currently winning, you're in really good company. Now this feels like a really good moment to just open up a bit of a wider discussion about failure. I often don't feel massively successful. I spend most of my time kind of looking for ways to uh, work on relationships, work on working practice, uh, work on how I navigate my time even. Not everything works out smoothly all the time. And I think it's really important to, to really recognize that that is a massive part of life. And what a quote to leave you with at the end of this post about dealing with school's work failure. Let me just tell you that in between the last sentence and this one, I have just had a two-hour Zoom call with a with this guy, a gentleman by the name of Ollie Proctor, who works for an organization called Biblica. This is a great way to leave this uh, on because as I was recording this particular podcast, I became very aware that I was late for meeting with this guy called Ollie. And so I got to the end of that sentence about two hours ago, um, clicked stop, quickly jumped onto this call and apologized for about five minutes straight explaining that I was right I was recording a podcast about failure um and uh, and then had to describe to him how ironic that was and now I'm back with you uh to uh admit that uh whilst recording a podcast about failure 
I made a classic relational failure, which if you've listened to any of the rest of the things I've ever done, you'll know I'm always talking about quality relationships. And there you go, I fluffed it up. So let me draw this to a close and just say, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Uh, we don't always get this stuff right. And even as I've been recording this, I've made some massive blunders myself. Uh, but what's great news, I hope, and what's great news for me, hopefully it's great news for you, is that God is gracious and he loves us and he's totally there to pick us up when things go wrong. So let me just say for now, thank you so much for listening and I really hope to see you soon. 